Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. I remember when I first got uh, saved, I didn't grow up in the church. Many of you know my testimony. I've told it several times. I haven't told it in a while, though, but I didn't grow up in church. I grew up heathen. Uh, I grew up connected to a Christian tradition, but I wasn't actually uh, converted. Uh, and there's, there's your go team uh, leader back there. If you're wondering, listen for a guy who sounds like that. Uh, I, I remember, um, so, so God was calling me, and I knew he was calling me because he spoke audibly to me before I actually gave my life to him. And he had told me, uh, you know, I need to get right. And, um, and he told me uh, that once I truly knew him, I'd know what my purpose was. And uh, a friend of mine had invited me to a church. I was living in Gainesville, Florida. And uh, I had only been to uh, Episcopal services uh, and uh, Catholic. I'd been to a Catholic mass, I believe, but mostly Episcopal services, except for funerals. Uh, I had been to funerals that were in um, black Baptist churches, um, which just seemed like on another, like just I, like there was something happening in the service, and it was like nobody told me, right? It felt like, it felt like, um, That was the only time I'd ever been in church where it was like, it felt like people had already been told something and I didn't know it when I got there. Uh, What I didn't recognize was uh, most of the people in that service were saved and had a personal relationship with Jesus. I had never been in a church where people actually had a relationship with Jesus, were filled with the Spirit, and were actually responding to His presence, right? And so all these people were doing all these things and I did not understand what was happening, but I knew whatever it was was good if that makes sense. And so, um, but I had no connection. And so as life went on, I just went on uh, trying to know God on my own power, but I didn't know him. And a friend of mine uh, had uh, visited a church in Gainesville and he was like, you have to come, you have to come, you have to come. And when I got there, I remember uh, just the Holy Ghost got me there. I thought I was going one direction, but I was actually going a different direction. And I thought I was in one part of the city but I was actually in a different part of the city. I was completely discombobulated. I had no idea where I was going. And I said, well, uh, it's too late now. I guess I'll just go home. And I turned left where I thought was going towards home. I turned left, and as I turned left, there was the church, right? And so it was literally God was directing me uh, how I got to this church. And I was like, well, I was with a girl I was dating at the time. She was in the passenger seat. Didn't recognize the fact that she was Jehovah Witness meant she didn't actually want to go to this service. I didn't know that at the time. That's, that's, that's what sin will do to you. It makes you stupid, right? I did not recognize it, and she was more than happy that we were not going to make I'm good, thank you. Let me give this. You can... Devil is okay. Oh, okay, we're struggling. If you can give that to the sound man, appreciate that. Hallelujah. And so I didn't recognize that uh, she didn't want to go to the service anyways, and that's why she was fighting me. And so when we turned, she was happy that we were going to go home, and there was the church. So now she's like, we had to go, right? Because now we're in front of it. And I remember I got to the back parking lot. There was a, a parking lot, and there was kind of a dirt parking lot on the back, on the side. And uh, and uh, as we were walking back uh, from the parking lot to the front of the church, I remember walking along the side of the church, and I just remember hearing noise coming out from the side of the church. There was like this boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, 
what is happening in that building right now? Because I had no idea. I'm only used to like an organ, right? I had like a pipe organ. I was only used to like hymns with an organ, like a high church. And there was like there's this noise happening. And, and I didn't understand at all what was going on. And uh, I was nervous because, you know, that's what happens when you go to church when, and you're a sinner because the devil's trying to keep you from going. And uh, I walk in the lobby and there were people, smiling people, happy people, handing me a program. I didn't know what was happening because I'd never actually been greeted in church by greeters, people who actually wanted me to be there. Uh, and then in the, after the foyer, I walked into the sanctuary, the worship center of this church, which had already, uh, service had already begun. And as soon as I walked through the front door, it was like someone had lifted a fog off of my eyes that had been there the, my entire life, and I didn't even know it. Can you say Amen. Like I, did, like, like, I didn't even know, uh, it's like the, 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 the videos you see of people getting those color-adjusted glasses for people who had been seeing in, uh, you know, uh, with colorblind their entire lives, and they put, or when you see the, 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 the videos of someone who gets like a cochlear ear implant, you know, and they turn it on for their first time, and that's what it looked like for me. Like for the very first time, I could see the world Clearly. Now, I didn't know what had happened to me that day, but I knew that God had lifted something off and I was able to see into something I hadn't seen before. And what I didn't recognize was, is what I had seen was life. This is what life looks like. Amen. Now, that, that didn't fix everything in my life. I had some cooperation to do with God, uh, but that began a journey in me. Um, I, that day I, I, I was there and the, the pastor had an altar call and I didn't answer the altar call because I was Episcopalian. I didn't need to answer an altar call. Uh, and then he would have one the next week and I would begin to cry and I wouldn't answer the altar call because I was Episcopalian. And then the next week he would have an altar call and I wouldn't answer the altar call because my, I knew my girlfriend didn't want me to answer the altar call. Uh, and, uh, but eventually the Lord got me. Right? And the Lord got me, and I went forward, and I gave my life to, to Christ, and things never changed. Never, never, never was never the same again for me. My life changed, and I never went back. Right? The, praise God, the fog has been lifted ever since uh, to who God is and His plan for my life. And why do I tell you that story? Uh, you know, th- th- we're all searching for something. We're all searching for the freedom uh, that only comes from Jesus Christ. You come hook me up here, honey. We all are looking for the life that we were created for. We're all looking to fulfill God's call in our life, and we can't do it on our own. Amen. We can't do it on our own. We can't. We can't. We can't just in isolation. You got it in there. You just take it down there. You go. Oh, perfect. Good job. Good job. Get off for Tracy, everybody. Woo-hoo! Hallelujah. We are on now. Yes, and 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 so. <clears throat> We can begin to forget as we walk along on our Christian journey that it's not us that got us here. Like we cooperated with God, but it is Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. It is the love of the Father. It is the power of the Holy Ghost that freed us and empowered us to get to where we are right now. And what the world needs, amen, and what the world needs right now Like, we need to work for justice. We need to believe God for good things. We need to help the poor. We need to do all of that. But what we need, what America needs, is Jesus. What this world needs is the living God functioning on the inside of them. We don't don't need more Christian politicians. That is not what the world actually needs. I wouldn't mind more politicians who actually are followers of Christ. That would be be wonderful. I'd, I'd, I'd take a handful of them. I'd take three right now, right, who are actually following Jesus. Right 
I would, I would love it. I'd like to meet some. Like, anyways. Uh, 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 but that's, that's not going to fix America. This is what Israel thought was going to work. It, it does not work. What we need is Jesus. We need the living God. And we need the Christ who died on the cross for us and the spirit that he left for us. You see, when, after Jesus died, he came back from the dead. Can you say amen? He came back from the dead and he gave some instructions to his disciples and he was very clear on what you are supposed to do now that I am in heaven. Jesus said, I am leaving and there's some very clear instructions on how you continue this thing. Here's what he says in Acts chapter 1 verse 3. He presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of things concerning the kingdom of God. What we need in America right now is the same thing we need in Mexico. It's the exact same thing we need in Iceland. It's exactly the same thing we need in Portugal. We need to recognize that Jesus came for the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of man, but the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Now, I don't want to offend anybody right now, and I'm going to, this isn't even the point, so it's stupid for me to bring it up, but I'm going to say it anyways. God loves Americans. God loves Mexicans. God loves Norwegians. I don't know that God cares about America, Mexico, or Norway. God is into people. God is not into man-made governments. Can you hear what I'm saying? God loves people. He died for people. He didn't die for anything that we built. And we got to recognize that we need this God who died for us, who died for everybody. And as long as we're living carnal lives, look, we can do a lot of good stuff. And we can surround ourselves with good stuff. And we can do a lot of good works. And we can do a lot of good things. But it will not get us to the goodness of God. Only Jesus Christ and His Spirit will do that. We need Jesus Christ. We need to rest on what He did for us. Here's what we need. We need the power of the Spirit in this life. This is what Jesus talked about before He ascended. He's like, listen, died, came back from the dead. And, and, and I could teach you all kinds of stuff, but what you, don't need, you don't need a teaching. You need the teacher. You don't need comfort. You need the comforter. You don't need me to advocate. You need the advocate. This is what you need. You need actually the Spirit of God. Watch this. Luke 24, 49. He says, Behold, I'm sending forth the, say this next word, promise. That's an important one. I am sending forth the promise upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Jesus promised the Spirit. Why, why would God have to promise anything? His word is true. He cannot lie. He, he, he cannot give a half-truth. He can't, he can't, he can't like allude to something, wanting you to believe something that isn't true. But God said that I have promised you this, and I will send the promise. This is Jesus binding himself to this word and binding his truth to what the Father is going to give. This is, this is a big deal. And he tells the disciples, I need you to wait. Wait until I come by my Spirit into your lives. Don't go anywhere. What, what, what does this mean? What does this mean for us today? The Lord spoke to me early in my walk 
uh, and he gave me a prophetic word that was really significant and has been for the rest of my life. He said to me, many people are going to go and say, I'm going to do this for God, and we're going to do this for God, and you're going to say, me too. And God says, no, no, you won't. I'm saving you for me. What the Lord was speaking to me was, hey, I've given you an intellect to come up with lots of good ideas. I'm not interested in your good ideas. I want you to fulfill my purposes on the earth and build my kingdom. Amen. Now, this is for me, and I believe it's for us. There's a lot of good ideas out there. There's a lot of really good ideas. They just don't happen to be God ideas. And in this world, I hope you fulfill lots of good things. But your ultimate purpose in life should be to fulfill some God things. When you worship God, it's nice to have good things, but we want some God things. It's nice to have good worship. I want some God worship. It's nice to have good theology. I want God theology. I want to believe things the way God has presented them to be true, not just how everybody has agreed. I'm not looking for the agreement of people. I'm looking for the amen of God. Can you say amen? And if I could just say amen, if I could just speak as family today, <clears throat> there is a, there is a, um, there's a battle for all of us who want to fulfill the purposes of God in our life. There, there are competing factors at work. There, 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 we could call it the spirit and the carnal nature. There is the rational mind, and then there is the spirit of God's mind, right? There, there are these competing factors, and every now and then they come into agreement, but most of the time, they don't. We have to make decisions. There's times in each of our lives where we have to make decisions and we say, I know this would work out better for me in the natural, but I know it would be contrary to the call of God on my life. If you're a businessman and you've ever had to set up your tax system, you know what I'm talking about. Will I be honest in my taxes and stand on truth or, well, you know, not really hurting anybody? You, 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 you could be out with the fellas, and uh, there's a girl, and you're like, ah, I'm not really cheating on my wife. I'm just, you know, we're just, we're just, no, no, actually. Holiness says that you will withhold from this woman who's not your wife what is only owed to your wife, be it affection, be it flirtation, be it kind words, be it ungodly compliments, right? There are things that say, yeah, we're just having a good time. We can go. But you know deep in your spirit, man, that God would not be pleased with this decision. And in fact, that you would build your testimony by saying, um, no, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm already married. Can you say amen? Yeah. And, 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 and what we find is, if we don't decide early on with the little decisions, the big decisions get even harder to make. If you can fib to your partner, then it's easy for you to lie to someone who doesn't know that you're already married, right? It's the little, it's the little decisions that make the big decisions easier or harder. If you've decided on righteousness already, then, it, then it's easy. And someone could come up to you and say, man, I can't believe how bold you were in that decision. You're like, oh, no, that was an easy one because I've been making these decisions all along. It's when you get down the road and you're like, should I follow God? I don't, even, you know, I don't even know what God's will is in this. I don't know what God even wants in this. And when you, when you talk to someone and, and like they have no idea on big picture items on what God's will is, then you're like, let's, let's just go back a lot to see where you started compromising on little decisions. 
If you're not sure about these big picture items, well, let's go way back to where you first started compromising. And Jesus said, listen, you're going to have all kinds of good ideas because I was the master and you saw all kinds of miracles and you saw all kinds of teachings and you're ready to go be the man. He's like, but don't. Your first decision is you're going to wait until you get my spirit upon you to do things my way. Amen. And we need to, as Christians, decide, I am not going forward in God's name until I know God's will and I have God's power. I'm not moving on without him. You see, this, 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 this is the doctrine that we read in the Bible. This isn't man-made religion for people who don't actually need Jesus. Can you hear me for a second? I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted and I'm passionate this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm in mourning and I'm in revival at the same time. And, and I feel like we all should. We should be mourning things that are passing away because they aren't God. And we should be in revival looking forward to things that God wants to do in our lives, but at the same point recognizing that revival fire both ignites us and consumes things God doesn't want in our life. You can't have one without the other. That's called strange fire. It's called strange fire. So if you have a fire burning that only says, I'm terrible, I'm awful, my sin, my sin, my sin, but doesn't have, I'm now empowered by God to do things I can't do on my own. I'm seeing God break out in ways that I can't even, if you don't have, if you have one without the other, it's strange fire. Can you say amen? Now, if you're seeing miracle signs and wonders and you don't hear people saying, I'm convicted of my sin. If you got healing without repentance, if you got, if you got church growth without holiness, if, if you got one without the other, you have strange fire. This is the Bible. This is the Bible. And what we love as civilized people is a religion that doesn't actually require God. We want a religion that we can fit within our mind, fits within our understanding, and doesn't really cost us too much. That's, that's civilized religion. That's a religion that says, I can be comfortable, and I just need a little bit more of that to just top me off a little bit. Just a little splash on top. Just a little chaser on top, and then everything's going to be fine. Just a little sprinkle of God in what I'm already doing, and that's what I'm good. I'm good. And I don't believe that's what Jesus is looking for. I don't believe that's what Jesus died for. And I don't believe that was the doctrine of the apostles. You see, John the Baptist and the apostles want you to have the power of the Spirit. Can you say amen? amen. Let me say it again. John the Baptist and the apostles want you to have the power of the Spirit. I'll say it a third time so my overhead person gets it. John the Baptist and the apostles want you to have the power of the Spirit. This is what we read in the Scriptures. This was the message of John the Baptist. He says this in Matthew chapter 3, at the beginning of his call. He says, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Wow. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. There's an empowering and there's a purification. There's a taking away and there's a giving. We serve the God who gives and takes away. We like to sing it. We don't necessarily like to live it. And the fact of the matter is, he doesn't always take away stuff we don't want. Can you say amen? Just even if you don't want to say amen to it. 
We got to say amen. We got to live a life that says that I am not the God. He is. Hear me, hear me. We're living in a day that people are inventing a new brand of Christianity. And I'm not trying to get you scared and I'm not judging anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't think I am. The Lord, Lord tests my heart. But at the same point, there is what, what, what was called easy believism. Where this God who created the heavens and the earth and called down fire and sacrificed his own son now just requires that you just think about him in good ways. Like, I gotta believe there's more to it than that. Like, I, 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 I got to believe there's more in this book for me than that. I got to believe that there's more for my kids than just, if I just think a little bit better, there's more for our country than just, ah, well, just, you know, just a little sprinkle of something on a Sunday. I might make a little bit more money if I do what it says in here, or I might just have better sex life, or some crazy little ancillary thing than this God is the center of who I am. I was created in his image, filled with his spirit, bought by his blood. It's got to be more than just a little bit of something I get when I feel like it on a certain Sundays of the month. There's got to be more. I got to believe more than that. Can you say amen? I got to be. Why would he promise me that? Why would God have to promise on himself for that? Got to be more got to be more. There's got to be more to it than that. If I, if, if I was born just fine the first time, why would he say be born again? Why would he say count the costs? Why would he say let the dead bury the dead, come follow me? Why, why would he say now your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more? Why would he say these things? Because there is a promise on the other side of that decision. And that promise is that the Spirit of God will live on the inside of you and give you a life you could not have on your own. There is a promise of an empowerment. There is a promise of an infilling. There is a promise of the miraculous. There is a promise of overcoming that you cannot get if he's just a sprinkle on top. It's in the giving of our lives that we receive his. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Hallelujah. 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 The Holy Ghost is a promise for Christ followers. The Holy Ghost is a promise for Christ followers. He's not just for good worship. He's not just for concerts. He's not just for cute graphics that you put on Instagram. Like, like he is the power of God on earth. He's a requirement for the believer. Now, for those of you who are visiting today and you're not sure who we are, let me just make this very, very clear. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you cannot confess Jesus as Lord but by the Spirit. And the Bible says at salvation, you receive the Spirit as a, as a seal, as a promise for His return. I, I get that. That's not what I'm talking about, however. I'm not saying you don't have Holy Spirit. I'm talking about a life given to God where the Holy Ghost of God comes upon you. And literally, you don't know where He ends and you begin. That you make decisions and you're like, I can't believe I'm deciding to do this, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I hear a need and I don't know why I want to meet that need, but I just feel like I have to take from my treasury and give to that need because something inside, because that's something on the inside of you is the transformation that comes from the indwelling of the Spirit that says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And Christ in me compels me to do good works I could not do on my own. Can you say amen? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm convinced today. 
Let's, let's continue in Acts chapter 1, if you, if you will. Oh, I'm doing good. I even got a couple minutes. Oh, I'm good. Are you with me today? I hope, I hope Holy Spirit is doing something in your heart right now because he's doing something in mine. I hope he's doing something. Acts chapter 1, <clears throat> this is Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. The resurrected Jesus. Oh, shakaba. I feel so good right now and so bad. I feel the weight of God. Acts chapter 1, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, gathering them together. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it time, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? The Lord said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has fixed in his own authority, but you shall receive power. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. Stay right there for a second. This, this is where America is right now. And I say America because this is the country I live in, right? This isn't a political message. I, I, this is, but this is where this developed Western nation is right now. This is aside from any political business, whatever drama, that's... But we are at an at a, at a age in this Western developed nation. Think about this. Jesus, the Messiah, the promise from the garden. They have been waiting for the Mashiach to come. To come, the deliverer, the one who will bring the anointing, the one who will bring the presence, the anointed one with the anointing. They're waiting for him to come and establish God's kingdom on the earth. And then God humiliated himself by putting on flesh and allowing his creation to beat him. Humiliated himself by allowing his creation to put holes in him. Any other God that would do that? No. Allowed himself to be humiliated, to bear the weight of sin so that we can have a relationship with God, is then murdered, descends into the darkness, comes back from the dead, all of this, and the disciples are still asking, oh, does that mean now we're going to have some power? Oh, now are things going to be easier for me? Oh, now I get to rule over other people? Is that what all this was for, Jesus? Did you come down from heaven, put on flesh, bear the weight of sin so that I can be the big shot? Is that what it's all about? And Jesus is like, oh, my God, my God. You, you, you best not go till you get the Holy Ghost because you still don't get it. You still don't get it. He's like, listen, it's not for you to wonder about these things. That's not what I came for. And here we are in our Western nation using Christianity as some sort of label of power, as some sort of label of authority, as some sort of, as, as some sort of stamp of approval on what we want to do as if it's better than others. And Jesus is like, when you bear the name Christian, that means you are the burden bearer. You are the one to help the lowly. You are to help the broken. You are the one with answers for the weak and the outcast and those who are being judged. That, that, that's what this anointing is for, but you don't even get it yet, even though I died right in front of you, even though I talked to you about it my whole life, and you won't get it until you get the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And when you get the Holy Ghost, then, here's what he says, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witness. Watch this. I need you to get this. It's not for you. 
You'll get the Holy Ghost and you'll be my witness. Man, if you don't get this, you're not going to get it. I did all this so that my spirit can live on the inside of you. And just like Jesus died on the cross, not for him. Jesus, Jesus didn't go to the cross so that he could get a crown in heaven. Amen. He didn't die on the cross so he could get a throne in heaven. Amen. He didn't get baptized in the Jordan so that he could have the power to build a big company or to be rich and famous. Is that, that's not what he did it for. He did it to serve. He did it all to serve humanity. That's what Chris Green calls the humiliation of Jesus. But it's not his humiliation. It's our humiliation that we would have a God who needed to do that. And he did it all to serve us. And he said, guess what? You're going to be just like me. I'm going to put my spirit on you. And you're going to live to serve other people. You're going to help the hurting. And you're going to help the lowly. But you don't get it yet. And you're not only going to do it in Jerusalem. You're going to leave your own town to find new people to serve. And if you don't leave, I'm going to send a persecution to make you leave. I'm going to use your own misery to get you out of where you thought you were going to be the king. And I'm going to send you into other cities so you can serve there as well. They're not going to like you there, just like they don't like me here. And you're going to serve them there too. That's what the Spirit is about. And, and, come on somebody, and, you're going to live in the kingdom of God. And you're going to live in the kingdom of God. See, if they're just supposed to be happy and talk and rule, what would they need, what would they need the power of the Spirit for? What would they need the Holy Ghost for? They wouldn't need the Holy Ghost for that. You don't need the Holy Ghost to have a nice business. And I mean, Boca, Boca does not need the Holy Ghost to be rich and famous. Amen. Why, why the Lord put this little church in the middle of Boca? Why would he do that? Mixed with brown and black and white, just like the kingdom of heaven. Why would he do that in Boca? Why would he, why would he do that unless he was trying to do something, show somebody there's something different about what my kingdom looks like? Doesn't, I mean, heaven is not going to be one color. Heaven's not going to be one language. It's not going to be one ethnicity. No one's going to be correcting anybody's English in heaven. It's not what it's going to look like. Every nation and tribe and tongue gathered around the throne saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's what heaven's going to look like. Nobody's going to sit up there talking about, well, I believe Jesus, so I had 13 franchises. Well, I believe Jesus, so I had a yacht and a helicopter. And I could just see some nobody way up there by the front, way up in the front by Jesus' feet and be like, well, what'd you accomplish? Just love Jesus my whole life, serve the poor. I made a little bit of money, so I got some people out of poverty. And what'd they do then? Went back in poverty. So what'd you do? Got them out of poverty again. What did you do? You served a bunch of knuckleheads. What happened with them? I don't know. I just served them. That's up to Jesus. Just poured out my life for some hurting people. I said, you, you know these people, right? Like, you're just like, no, I don't, I don't need any recognition. I don't need anything in my bank account. I don't need any fame. I don't need a book deal. Just serving the hurting. Yeah. Just loving on some yeah. people. Just being, watch this, just being Jesus Christ yeah. to a fallen world. You can't do that without the Holy Ghost. You can't do that without the Spirit of God because we, we, we're just not that good. We, we, it's, we can't pour our lives into someone else without wanting something in return without the Holy Ghost. 
You'd be like, oh, pastor, I pour out myself for people all the time. Yeah, you do it to make yourself feel better about yourself. Some people got a complex and they feel so bad about themselves. They're like, well, I'll just help somebody else out. That makes me feel good. Listen, the Holy Ghost says you ain't going to feel nothing. You're just going to feel Jesus. And you're going to pour yourself out and your reward is that that's what Jesus did. Amen. See, they're like, you don't need, like, I don't need you to pay me back for what Jesus already paid me for. Okay. I don't know if y'all got that. Let me say this again. Let me say this one more time. Hold on now. See, Jesus, he's the kind of boss who hires you and pays you on the first day. Very first day, you're like, you know what, Jesus, I, I believe that you're God. I'll give you my life, and uh, I'll sign up. He's like, all right, well, I'll tell you what. I'll just pay you everything I owe you for the next lifetime right now. I'll give you salvation. I'll give you the spirit. I'll give you the word. I'll give you community. I'll give you love. I'll give you acceptance. I'll give you identity. I'll free you of the devil. I'll show you how to live. I'll just give you all that right now, and I'll just trust that you're going to actually do what I called you to do. And people are like, ooh, um, Okay, where, when, 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 when do you give me the money for what I did? When do you give me the fame? How do I become, you know, powerful? Why do, she's like, um, pay, pay. <clears throat> I got powerful on the cross. How, how would you like to, um, what, what, are you, what are you signing up for, right? Like, like, we, we, like Jesus will, will pay you ahead of time, and he's waiting for us to pay off what he already paid us. Yes. Hello, somebody. Yeah. All right, I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta move on here. I'm, I, hope, I hope this is shakaba. This is the mission of Jesus, to connect you to the kingdom of God. And this is, this is a joy. This, 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 it's, this baptism of the Spirit, this is what the apostles taught the people. They, they, I mean, like these were, these were people who could have been pretty powerful because they saw, they saw a kingdom run by priesthoods that got themselves rich. This is, this is the history of the priesthood, and this is the history uh, of the temple leaders and, and the leaders of the synagogue, they got themselves rich off their position. And, and the apostles were thinking, oh, so we're going to be the leaders now. So that means that we're going to, and Jesus like, yeah, you're going to give your life for people who will never say thank you. That's, that's, what, that's what you're going to do. But I'm going to give you my spirit, and his fellowship's going to be so beautiful. Yeah. It's going to be so, my, my, I'm going to be so close to you that none of these things will matter. And here's what he's telling I want you to live a life where you just, you tune into that. You, 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 you build your life around that. You, 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 build a, you, you, you build your house within my kingdom and you won't care about these other things because I will be so close that I will transform your heart and you will learn to love, love my presence. This is what the apostles taught. This, is, this, was, their, this was their doctrine. Peter said to them on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift Put it up there if you would, Acts 2.38. The gift of the Holy Spirit. This is what the apostles taught. This was their doctrine. They didn't have a five-week uh, message series on better sex. They, they, they didn't have, you know, Sunday at the movies. I mean, I, I, I have friends who teach these, you know, use popular culture to try to win people to Christ. So I have no judgment on anybody. Um, but they, they just, you just don't. The apostles taught, you need the Holy Ghost. If you're going to do what we were called to do. Now, you might do some other stuff, but if you're going to call what we're, we're called to do, you're going, you're going to need the... We, and so we got to learn to walk by the Spirit. I'm almost done here. I'm almost done. You guys okay? You got a couple more minutes for me? Okay, just, just give me five more minutes and I'll be done. Why don't you come up here and play, Mike, and that way it'll, hurt, it'll speed me up. It may not, but... Listen, here, we're, we're finishing up our, uh, our wellness message series, and... <clears throat> You can have a therapist and the Holy Ghost. 
And hopefully your therapist has got the Holy Ghost so they can point you to actual truth. The very first, uh, I, I tell this story a lot, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, I don't even know how long it was now when I lost my mind. I, uh, <clears throat> I went to a, <laughs> I was in a bad place. Anybody ever been in a bad place and be like, I've been in some tough spots, that was a bad place, right? Like I went visiting, I'd set up a camp, you know, had a campfire happening, and, uh, and uh, real valley, right? I was, in, I, was, I, was, I was going through the, uh, the valley of darkness, and uh, I asked my wife, I said, do you, do you think maybe I should see a counselor? And she's like, had the phone book open, <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, I'll call some people, I'll, I'll figure it out here, like I need my husband back. And so uh, I, I, met with a, I met, met with a counselor, and the first thing I said to him, first thing I said to him, I said, listen, here's what's going on in my heart, um, and I don't want to learn how to live with it, I want to get better. I don't, I don't want to learn how to live with my depression. I want to learn how to get, I want to, I want to get delivered of this. I don't want to learn how to live with anxiety. I don't want to learn to live with my sin. I don't want to learn to live with my unbelief. I don't want to learn, to, I, want, I want to get better. I'm believing you for, to help that you would cooperate with God and God will cooperate with me and the holy, there'll be some sort of holy trinity here with me, you, and God that I will become healed. And unfortunately, we're, we're, we're moving into a post-truth culture where if enough people agree on something, a truth is established. You see it on the left and the right, politically. You see it on, you see it on both sides. Right? I'm, I'm, if you're a centrist, then this will be fine. But if you're on the left, all of a sudden, God's morality is determined by people's feelings. We feel we're fine. Well, that'd be great if you're God. Unfortunately, we're in a universe that God created, right? And on the right, they're like, well, we all believe this stuff about sickness and elections. We're like, well, it doesn't really matter what you believe. Counted the votes. You know, it's, unless you're going to reinvent math, this is the truth right here, right? We see it on both sides of our, of our like, it's a post-truth culture we're living in. Like, there is no truth. But guess what? There is a truth. His name is Jesus. And they wrote a book about him. It's called the Bible. And he sent an ambassador for his book tour, the Holy Ghost. And Jesus came to let us know that it's the truth that will set us free. The lie can't set us free. The, 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 the therapist saying, it's okay that you're you know, behaving in abject sin. You know, Just get enough people to say it's not a problem and you'll be okay. The problem is the demons don't have to listen to the therapist. The demons don't have to listen to the political left or the political right. The, 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 the evil spirits, they go by the truth of God and they can live wherever there is sin. And if you want to know what torment looks like, hang out with the political left or the political right and you'll see what torment looks like. Because they can't get over their own offense. They are living in torment. Hallelujah. 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 Pastor, don't talk about politics. I'll talk about everything under the sun because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And just like Jesus talked about politics, I'm going to talk about politics. Why would I talk about politics? Hear me, I'm not talking about politicians because there is a lie in, our, in the political spirit these days. There's lies in our healthcare. There's lies in the business community. There's lies that go against God's word. And we got to be filled with the spirit. And we got to say, I don't care if this is popular or not. I got to tell the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Very quickly, 
We've got to learn to walk by the Spirit. Three things I want you to see begin to manifest in your life. Very quickly, first thing, the, the Spirit of God will separate you from sin. How do you know if the Holy Ghost is at work in your life? How, how, how convicted you've been recently? How's your path toward holiness? First Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify, that means set you apart entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, some of us, what we're going through is because we just let too much sin in. We just start, come on. Come on, some of us need to just like dial back the gluttony just a little bit. Some of us need to go back to remembering that this gossip is sin and it opens our world to judgment. That judging, thinking we know what's going on in someone else's mind without asking them the questions is judgment and it's a sin. Thinking you can judge somebody's heart without asking them what's in their heart is sin. And we wonder why there's all of these problems in our society today because we feel perfectly justified in judging our brother and sister without ever engaging them in conversation. Now, who would want you to not talk to people who disagree with you? Might it be the devil? Come on, somebody. Might it be the enemy who doesn't want you to have a conversation with someone else? Yes, we need to, we need to repent of this sin of thinking we know what's going on. Come on. All right, I'm going to just move on right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, first, it'll separate you from sin. Second, it'll give you power to be a witness. Listen, you're not being a witness for Jesus when you say, man, you think God's telling you to stop that and it's making you feel bad? You know what you should do? Stop listening to the feel bad and just do what makes you happy. That is not being a witness. That's not being a witness for Christ. That's a, hey, let's go to, let's walk together. Let's walk through the scriptures. Let's pray and see if the Lord gives you. You know what's crazy to me? Oh, good God, I need to just end this message. Hello. I want the Holy Ghost. I want God so bad. I want Jesus so bad in our midst. I want the true and living God because I want to live in freedom. And living in freedom means I got to live where God wants me to live. And I want people to feel better. I really do. I want to, I want to, I want to alleviate pain in people's lives. But I, I can't alleviate pain by telling people, you know, it's okay to cut yourself. Don't feel so bad about it. I, oh, let me, give you, let me give you some topical cream so that when you injure yourself, it doesn't hurt anymore. Let me teach you how to numb yourself as you as you damage your own body. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let, let me show you how to do this in a way that doesn't hurt. No, friend, that's not help. Real help says, man, you know what? This is going to hurt, and you're going to go through withdrawal, and there's going to be a dark night of the soul, but on the other side, you're going to be delivered of this thing, and you're not going to learn how to live with it. You're going to have to, you're going to learn how to live without it, and you're going to live in freedom, and you're going to live in the love of God, and you're going to overcome, and Christ is going to be near you. This is a truth that we need here on this Father's Day. We need some dads to step up. We need some moms to step up with a fathering anointing that says, yeah, guess what? You're not playing in traffic any longer. Hallelujah. Third thing. 
And this is what we need. I'm going to end on this. Peace. Our world is looking for peace through all kind of acceptance. And we need to just say, you'll get peace when you walk with God. You'll get some peace when you start walking with God. John 14, stand with me if you would. John 14, verse 16. Jesus, this is the promise of Jesus right here. Are you ready? Are you ready to hear the promise of God in your life? Are you ready? Are you ready, Mike? I'm not sure they're ready. Y'all ready to hear this? John, I'm, I'm, I'll keep asking. You're like, just say it, Pastor. No. Are you ready? I want you to prepare your heart. Are you ready? This is a promise of God for you. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Take it down one second, Mike. And will be in you. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed right now. I just want to pray for you very, very, very quickly. I'm going to have some people here in the front in a moment. We're going to pray for anybody who needs healing or maybe filling or whatever. Um, but right now, just between me and you, I just, I feel, I feel, I, I'm feeling a conviction. It's time to come back. It's time to come back. It's time to come back. It's time to come back to the apostles' doctrine. It's time to come back to what Jesus taught. It's time to come back. Enough, enough of, uh, of uh, uh, just, you know, th- th- this is what works in this culture. This is what's popular with my friends. This is, this is, it's time to come back. It's time to come back to the real gospel. It's time to come back to the power of God. It's time to come back to being convicted and repenting of sin. It's time to come back to caring that our neighbors do not know Jesus. It's time to come back to knowing that the oppressed are not being freed, lifting your voice for those who are hurting. It's time to come back. It's time to come back to the apostles' doctrine. It's time to come back to a, 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 a Christianity that actually cost you something. It's time to come back. It's time to come back. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please, all over the room. This is between me and you. Just very quickly, you say, I'll, I, it's time to come back. You want your agreement, pastor, pray for me. I'm ready to come back. Just put your hand up and down. I'm ready to come back to this. The, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Who else? I want to pray with you. It's time. It's time to get back to what Jesus taught us to do. Tell the world about him. Live on fire for God. Drop our sin. Love him for more. I feel the Lord is moving in the room right now. Amen. Look at me now. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Wow, 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 wow. Here's what I'd like you to do. Just put your hands out in front of you. This is just kind of like a prophetic sign, we'll say. Just put your hands out open. And just, you know, Lord, present your life to him. Present your life to him. Present your life. We need to go to God with an open hand and say, you can take out whatever you want and put in whatever you want. So I present to you right now my life, Lord. Use it however you want. I'm a a coin in your pocket. I'm a thought in your mind. I'm a text in your phone. You can send me wherever you want. Take away whatever you want. 
let's all pray this prayer together of dedication. If you've never received Jesus Christ as Savior, I want you to pray this with me. We're going to pray that the Lord would forgive us of our sins, wash us clean, and give us new life. Let's all say this together out loud. Say, Jesus, I have sinned. I've come short of what you've called me to. I live for me and not for you. Forgive me today. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Come on, let's say it proudly. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Who was born from a virgin, never died, never sinned, died on the cross for my sins, was resurrected from the dead, and rose to the right hand at the Father. And he's praying for me right now that I would walk in victory that I would walk in covenant, that I would walk by the power of the Spirit. Wash me clean in your blood. Give me your Spirit so I can have power. I give you my life. Do with it what you will. And I'll serve you all my days. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, give a clap out for the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these people right here. I declare the power of God over them today. I declare freedom from the devil in the name of Jesus. I declare the infilling of the Spirit right now, that you would baptize in power. You would give them vision for the future. You would release your angels upon them, Lord, and give them freedom and joy and peace and purpose, Lord, that you would guide their steps and you would bring them in divine appointments with people who need to hear your message, who need to encounter your love and need to be transported into the reality of your kingdom, Father. I pray that you would do it today, right now, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen and amen. Do come forward if you would. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Listen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. It, listen, we're, gonna, we're doing some father thing outside. I don't even know how to transition to that. I normally have somebody who transitions, but they're on vacation. I didn't think to replace them, so it's just me. You have a flawed pastor. We love you, though. Listen, if you need healing in your body or you need the infilling of the Spirit, we're going to welcome you to the front. We're going to have some people here. We're going to play some music. Stay as long as you want. Receive prayer. We love you. Have an amazing Father's Day. Fellas, I'll see you next week. Check one. Check, 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 check. I've never seen a pot of gold. The end of the rainbow. But I've got a promise I can hold. In the middle of the struggle. God, if you said you'll put